joint is gone, you will cry. When the work of your hands never seems to end. When you are required to work from can't see in the morning until can't see at night. When the pay you receive is not equivalent to the labor you offer. And when it appears that no one ever has a word of appreciation for the work you give. When, when you always make time for somebody else's problems, but nobody ever has time for yours, it will make you cry. Don't, don't tell me that big boys don't cry. I've been there, done that. When sickness comes upon your life like a thief in the night, when the test always turns out to be the thing you did not want to hear, when the biopsy is more than you can handle, when the T-cells are not what they ought to be, when the chemotherapy and the, and the radiation rob you of your strength and your dignity, when doctors have no answers for the questions, and when the medicine in your cabinet never seems to take the pain away, sometime, way over in a midnight hour, you will cry. Ah! But if that is the only reason for my tears, then my tears are self-serving. If that is the only reason for my crying, then I am crying for myself. If the outrageous fortunes, the slings and the arrows, the unfortunate exigencies of life are the only reason for my tears, then I am engaged in my own personal pity party to which no one else is invited and about which no one else surely cares. Let, let me assure you, however, that I would not be dismissive of tears under any circumstance. But the tears that have the greatest meaning, the tears that evoke the greatest empathy are not the tears I shed for myself, but the tears I shed for someone else. When I cry for someone else, I stand in another's shoes and experience another's pain. When I cry for someone else, I am able by some means of transference to feel the weight of life's crushing defeats. I am able to sense the torn tissue of a broken and bleeding heart. I am able, as it were, to feel the hurt and taste the bitter cup that life has forced them to drink. When I cry for someone else, I am able to see beyond myself. I am able to stand with someone else in a vulnerability I have never known. I am able to come to the point of shared suffering and mutual misery. When I cry for, my, for, for someone else, I am able to empathize with someone else who lives in a house of pain I have never visited. I am able to realize that these little aches and pains of mine are not to be compared with the knots and bruises of others. Ah, but maybe I'm, I'm really not speaking to your issue today. Come here, let me ask you a question, preacher. Have you ever cried for someone else? Have you ever been able to cry not because of what happened to you, but because of what happened to someone else? Have you ever been able to stand in somebody else's body and see with their eyes and hear with their ears? Have you ever cried because you felt the sting of another's shame? Have you ever cried because the one you loved knew what was right but could not do what was right? Have you ever cried because of someone 
who tried to wash away their troubles in a bottle and there was nothing you could say to turn them around? Have you ever cried for someone else whose pain was so deep that you couldn't stand it? Have you ever cried because of a child that was headed in the wrong direction down a path of destruction and there was nothing you could do or say that could turn them around? Have you ever cried because of a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter that lived in your house and wound up living with pigs and there was nothing you could do about it? Hard while I'm on my way. Let me not leave you with the wrong impression that religious folk don't cry. Maybe big boys don't cry. But if you are a child of God, you will cry sometimes. Just because you have a relationship with the living God does not mean you will not.